y'all. I'm Gretchen Purser, and this is The Mess Is Mine, the podcast where we talk about religion and politics and all the other stuff that you're not supposed to talk about at the dinner table. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, y'all, and welcome to season two of The Mess Is Mine. I can hardly believe I'm saying that. Um, it When this little project started during, uh, it was really just a COVID project, and I thought I'd do a couple of episodes and see if it stuck. And um, you all have been so gracious and so supportive, so I really can't say thank you enough. I really appreciate it. You know, the old friends I've heard from, the fact that you share it with your friends and family across the country means a ton. And I really appreciate the feedback, good and bad, because it just helps me get a little bit better. And if you're new to the podcast, uh, this is season two. If you want to go back to season one, you might have a little bit of better understanding of kind of where I'm coming from. But in a nutshell, I grew up at the intersection of sort of evangelicalism and republicanism. So I speak the language. It's my neighborhood. I can kind of show you around. I can give you a little bit of tour behind the scenes. And if you're not a real political person, some of these headlines will make more sense. And if I can make you laugh, then all the better. Let's start with the Republican National Committee. It's my old stomping grounds at 310 First Street Southeast. That little scandal is connected to January 6th, and I owe you an update on that, so I'll be doing that too. And also connected to these two things would be Donald Trump's recent comments at yet another rally and the comments from Mike Pence and a few others in relation to what he had to say. So all this stuff feeds into itself. It all is connected. Lots to cover, so let's get started. All right, so I don't want to goob out on you guys or be a total nerd, but I want to give you a real quick down and dirty on what the RNC is, what the DNC is. You know, I I don't presume that all of y'all are are political junkies. So the Republican National Committee and the Democrat National Committee are kind of the parent companies, if you would, for the respective parties. That's kind of it in a nutshell. They're like the headquarters, all right? And they are sort of in charge, well, not sort of, they're in charge of, of a lot of other things, but also presidential politics. Now, this scandal specific to the RNC, to the Republican side. So it's made up of national committee men and national committee women who are elected in their individual states to represent them as part of the governing body, I guess, for the party apparatus. So party politics, party operations. That's the best way to put it. They're really not supposed to get into inter-party squabbles, and they're really not supposed to choose sides. They're supposed to kind of represent all Republicans, whether you know they agree necessarily or not. That's generally been the deal. That's why it's such a big deal that they came together and passed a resolution. First of all, they don't really, they haven't done a whole lot lately. They didn't even pass themselves a platform in 2020 because they just said, yeah, whatever Trump wants, we want. What's generally something that should be 66 pages was one page. No kidding. I'll put it on my website for you. But they passed a resolution to censure Liz Cheney and Adam Kensinger for essentially for serving on the January 6th committee. Now, remember, that's the committee that's come together to investigate what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. It really shouldn't be a controversial thing. But this document accuses them of sabotaging President Trump, who's, by the way, it's former President Trump. They're, oh, this is my favorite part. They've engaged in actions in their positions that are not befitting Republican members of Congress. Don't you love irony? (laughs) This is a political equivalent of conduct unbecoming. Which is borderline hilarious when you consider the fact that among their ranks are a woman who called for the execution of Nancy Pelosi and a guy who's under federal investigation for sex trafficking. I do Internet things. I mean, if I'm going to start censoring people, I might start there. But the fact is they're out of their depth. All right. They're the Barney Fife of politics. They have no business getting into this. Nip it in the bud. The thing that's made all the headlines, though, is the fact that they called the riot on January 6th legitimate political discourse. 
Now, this was a written document that was deliberated over and thought through and people signed off on. This just wasn't somebody who just stood up and made a gaffe, although then they did stand up and make a gaffe because the person who's now the chairman of the National Committee, I got to do this quickly because it is also a fun fact. It's a woman named Ronna Romney. Now, if the name Romney sounds familiar to you, it should, because her uncle Mitt happens to be a senator from Utah, and he also ran against Barack Obama for president in 2012. The Romneys are just an impressive bunch of people. They are, they are tall, and they're attractive, and they're articulate, and they are just kind, good people. I really like the Romneys. And so then there's also, there's, there's Ronna, and I've never been able to figure that one out. I just, nothing personal. She's just like a dance mom in twist beads. I don't get it. I don't don't get it. She's just not very Romney-esque. Anyway, that's beside the point. And I'm picking on her because she's the Trumpiest Trumper that ever lived. She's completely devoted to Donald Trump. And it's evidenced by the fact that she still has her job. She was chairman going into 2020 when they lost the House, the Senate, and the White House. Never in the history of politics has somebody kept their job after that much of a shellacking. You're fired. So she stands up thinking she's going to make it better. And you know how when you want to try to undo something and sometimes you end up making it worse? That's exactly what she did. She just dug the hole deeper and she doubled down on legitimate political discourse. And if you're anything like me, you've been kind of waiting for the dam to break. Like how much is too much? Are we ever going to get to that last straw level? And I think this might be the beginning of the dam breaking. As I'll touch on in a minute, we're finally starting to see some people stand up and say enough is enough. And like I said, one of these things feeds into the next. But at the heart of it all, at the center of all of it, has been one person, unafraid, standing firm. And that person is Liz Cheney. I like to joke about her being Mother of Dragons because I've made no secret of the fact that I think she's a badass. Okay, but it goes beyond being a badass, you all. Part of, And this is not to take away from Adam Kinzinger, but Liz Cheney had a lot to lose. And she also is one of the only people that had the stature and the gravitas and the intellect and the reputation and the respect of so many of her colleagues to be able to do what she's been able to do. And she has put it all on the line. They've thrown her out of leadership. They've challenged her in her primary. They're throwing the kitchen sink at her. And she's one of the few people that's been willing to take it. Now, remember, Liz Cheney voted with Donald Trump a lot of the time. She doesn't disagree with a lot of the policy, just like a lot of you out there. You like his policy. I've said it before. Liz Cheney is a conservative's conservative. But when she saw what he did on January 6th and how he behaved in the aftermath, it was clear that she had one job, and that was to help us protect this democracy. These people serving on the committee on both sides of the aisle and the, and the people that have had the courage to stand up understand that for a short period of time, we got to come together and talk about this because you don't bicker about what color to paint the kitchen when your goddamn house is on fire. Okay, but why discredit Kinzinger and Cheney? What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that their presence makes this a bipartisan committee, not a horde of dead-eyed socialist flesh-eating zombies that are out to destroy the country and take down the Republican Party. That's not what this is about. It makes it a fact-finding mission. It makes it legitimate because she is legitimate. And that's way more terrifying than socialist zombies. Okay, so what are they so afraid of? Let's let's talk about what does January 6th committee actually have? You know, like in dominoes, when you set something up and one falls and then the rest of them begin to fall, that's what's happening here. People are starting to cooperate. People that matter, people that were in the room with this president, people who saw his reactions on January 6th as crowds were storming the Capitol, who watched him rip up documents and shove them in his pant pockets, who found wads of documents shoved in the toilet. (laughs) 
I mean, this is like out of a movie. You know, there are 15 boxes of documents that were taken to Mar-a-Lago that weren't supposed to be taken. They had classified information in there. I mean, it feels like the helicopter circling in that end part of Goodfellas, except instead of a wild-eyed Ray Liotta sweating cocaine and gin, he's sweating out Diet Coke and powdered donuts. As I record this, there are professional archivists with their peepers on with a big old mountain of scotch tape trying to tape together these pieces of paper that you know are just covered in Cheeto dust and shame. Then you got the vice president's team. You have the chief of staff from Mike Pence, a guy named Mark Short, who's cooperated fully with this committee who was at Mike Pence's elbow in the White House that day and also in the Capitol when the security whisked him away, he and his entire family, as people were chanting to have him killed and building a gallows on the grounds of the Capitol. Mark was there, and he's talking. The committee also has Vice President Pence's records and what occurred on that day. 400 testimonies have occurred already. So back to the original question, what are the people that are obstructing this committee so afraid of? I believe the legal term is evidence. So it could be that the House Republicans aren't exactly a group of Mensa candidates, and maybe one of them didn't know the difference between the Nazi police and cold tomato soup. Now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police. (laughs) But they're smart enough to be scared about what this committee's going to find, and all this censoring nonsense has backfired. Have y'all heard that quote, a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth can even put on its boots? Well, the truth has been taken its own sweet time, that's for sure. And, you know, an absence of the truth, an absence of a lot of respected people standing up and telling the truth, a lot of Americans have started to believe a lot of lies. And the longer a lie stands, the more deeply entrenched it is and the more it becomes their belief. Y'all know as well as I do, belief is a powerful thing. And you you probably have friends and family that are, they've kind of gone round the bend with some of the stuff they believe right now. And unraveling that's going to take some doing. Because belief doesn't fall easily. That's why cults are such a big deal. That's why they're a problem. When somebody believes something, they can't be convinced otherwise by just anyone. It has to be somebody they put stock in, somebody they believe in, somebody from their side. But when Donald Trump goes to Texas and he says he's going to pardon people that have been convicted for January 6th, and he says that Mike Pence had the power to and should have overturned the election, that forces the hand of people who are influential in some of these circles, who will speak out. Which brings me to leader Mitch McConnell. Senator McConnell really doesn't want to talk about this anymore. He'd really like to talk about the Democrats overspending. He really wants to be majority leader again. Donald Trump already cost him the majority in the Senate once, and now he can see it happening again. He's like that guy they call in the crime movies when somebody makes a big mess. He's the fix-it guy. Statements like this were just like him mopping the blood off the walls. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was. And there it is, y'all. He said it multiple times, and, and I applaud him for saying it again. And if he has to say it every day until Jesus comes back, that's what he needs to do, because there are way too many Republican voters and, frankly, way too many Republican congressmen out there saying the opposite. On the positive side, there has been a steady drumbeat from the Senate. The Republican senators are standing up and saying, enough is enough. This is ridiculous. The election was fair and free. And Riots are not legitimate political discourse. So it is a pushback, and it is the beginning of some of this stuff falling. Some of these other people are finally willing to have the courage to do and say what Liz Cheney's been saying all along. 
This whole thing has actually also inspired another person to speak up who hasn't spoken up really at all in their own defense, somebody who was maligned and mocked and um, actually targeted by the president, his own vice president, Mike Pence. He had this to say. And I heard this week that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. Can I get an amen? I mean, the guy sounds like a preacher, doesn't he? I mean, he, you can't really get more evangelical in politics than Mike Pence, maybe Huckabee, but not even Huckabee. Pence is it. I mean, and I, I this is what's so amazing to me, is that all of you Christian activists out there that are Trumpers, the notion that you would choose a person with the character of Donald Trump over a lifelong evangelical like Mike Pence is not something I can wrap my head around. Yeah. Let me be clear. I don't know that I believe this is coming from a place of virtue. I think he's trying to maintain some political viability because he's looked like a chump for the last six years. And I didn't miss the fact that he still called him President Trump and he ain't president anymore. So even in his standing up and saying he's wrong, he's still kind of licking the boots a little bit. But fine, whatever. I'll take it. I, I don't I shouldn't pick it to death. I'll take it. He stood up, which is great. And Trump forced his hand. He pushed and pushed and pushed. And then when he comes out and says that Pence had the right under the Constitution and the responsibility to overturn an election, it's incumbent upon Pence to set the record straight. And let's be clear, he is the one that held the line. And granted, he had to call his buddy Dan Quayle, another former vice president from the state of Indiana, just to see if he could get permission. And I think Quayle said, uh, no, no, no. I seriously have a question for some of you out there where the pro-life thing is the most important thing to you. It's the reason you justified supporting Trump all these years. Some of my friends, some of my family, it's it's the most important issue to you. And I don't in any way want to discredit that or belittle that. But I got to ask, if there was a showdown between Trump and Pence, who would you choose? Would you choose Mr. Two Corinthians, who's built a brand out of lying, and you wouldn't leave in a room with your daughter for a skinny minute? I mean, yeah, he gave you pro-life judges, but he did it to get your votes. That was that was called a transaction. Most of you already know that. But match him up against a guy like Mike Pence, who actually believes what you believe, and he's actually read the Bible, and when he reads it, he doesn't hold it upside down. I'm just curious, though it's not really going to matter, because Trump holds 57% of the primary vote. To DeSantis and Pence having, I think, 11 and 12, respectively. So the bad news for Republicans is if Trump is reasonably healthy and not in jail, chances are he's going to end up being your nominee. So he's going to work with his good buddy, Ronna, at the RNC, and he's going to use a couple hundred million dollars to replace good Republicans with wackadoodle MAGA people. All this maneuvering to stay ahead of the law and stay out of jail might get him the nomination, but should he continue to have Christian support? I mean, I'm just asking. On the bright side, you're starting to see more and more Republican senators and Republicans of stature channel their inner Michael Stipe and take a stand. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Is it a little bit late? Yeah. Could it have been sooner and louder? Yes. But you know what? Let's take what we can get, people. These overreaches and gaffes by the party and by Trump have kind of forced these people's hands. It's getting to the place where you kind of have to stand up and say something to maintain any credibility whatsoever. And, you know, in order for the Republican Party to continue to function, they're going to have to get their credibility back. You know what they say about sunlight? It's a great disinfectant. It's even better than drinking Clorox. 
So January 6th is going to help with a lot of this. We're going to get a lot of evidence. We're going to get a lot of facts. And then we're going to know what we're talking about. And maybe it's nothing, but I feel like it's not. And if you're one of those people that thinks that the world is better off without a Republican Party, here's the problem with that. If you're playing a game and you got two teams and one team refuses to accept a loss, you don't have a game anymore. You don't have a democracy with one functioning political party. And for all you Republican pearl clutchers out there, they're like, well, I didn't like Trump's language, but I liked his policy. And what about AOC? And what about this? And what about that? And Nancy Pelosi's trying to make my dog wear a mask. All that stuff. Just just table that for a minute. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or libertarian or a socialist or a communist or a goat herder. (laughs) Our one job right now is just to make sure this democracy holds to make sure that our system's in place so that we can live to fight another day, so we can argue about taxes and health care and masks and whatever else later. Look, all that stuff's important. But if we don't get this right, none of that stuff's going to matter. This is my pushback. This is my one pushback. That your friends and family, that they may not care what, you know, what the newspaper says or what the facts are. I'm not concerned with facts. Not if they interfere with my beliefs. But they do care what you think and what you believe. You know what happens when people are sitting around talking trash or just batshit nonsense and you don't say anything at all? They assume that you agree with them. You know, you're in their world. You're in their echo chamber. You might be the only chance they've got at any shred of truth or piece of reality. And I'm not suggesting that you pick fights or you're disagreeable because the fact is that doesn't get you anywhere. But we can stand up for what we believe in without being ugly about it, right? You know we can. Just channel your inner Liz Cheney. Just roll down the windows and crank up R.E.M. and sing along with Michael Stipe. Do a little truth-telling. If we all do our part, sooner or later the fever's going to break. That's all I got for y'all today. Thanks again for joining in, and uh, have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next time. Think about how good wish for you.